Go with me over to the book of Mark, chapter number 4. And when you find that, we're going to pray together, believe God together, and, uh, and get into what God put on my heart. Um, when I'm sharing, that, I've never shared what I'm going to share here this morning. I've never preached this. And so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you tell me afterwards how I did, Pastor, because this is, this is the first time I ever shared on this. But uh, I believe the Lord really put it on my heart. I checked, got checked yesterday afternoon. Uh, actually, this morning, yesterday morning, it started coming to me. I checked yesterday afternoon just to make sure it seemed good. And I checked uh, last night when I woke up in the middle of the night, and I, it seemed good. And I checked again this morning, seemed good. Checked again right here, and it seemed good. And I'm like, okay, you're the head of the church. <laughs> so, but, uh, so when, when we go through this, it'll be a great help to you, I believe and your spiritual life. Father, we thank you for your written word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. We honor it as the highest voice into our lives. We're thankful, Father of God, for the privilege of feeding on it and meditating on it. Father, it is the uh, answer for so many questions that arise in our hearts and minds. We're grateful, Father God, for the utterance of the Spirit. We, we covet the utterance and the help of the Spirit. We thank you for it, and we thank you that we all have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, and we are not just hearers, but we are doers of your Word. And we give you all the praise for the fruit and the results as a result of doing what you say in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Mark 4, verse number 24. Mark chapter number 4, verse number 24. He said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it will be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Go with me to a couple other references, and then we'll start talking about this. Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 6 and verse number 12. Matthew 16, verses 6 and 12. Uh, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees and Sadducees were two uh, sects of Jewish religion, and they were very religious. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. If we read the context between verse 6 and 12, we're going to read verse 12, but if you read the context, they were, the disciples heard this and they're like, well, what do we, what's he talking about? Did we forget to bring bread, you know, to eat on our trip? What's he talking about? And he said, no, I'm not talking about that. Uh, He said, I'm talking about the doctrine. And notice verse 12, then understood they how he bade them not to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And so uh, here he's talking about again. Notice in verse, it is in Mark 4, 24, which we read, he said, take heed what you hear. Here he said to take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. So he's, he's telling us there's something we should be paying attention to, something that we should, uh, you might say it this way, guard ourselves about. Uh, and, uh, and this taking heed has to do with paying attention. You know, if you're paying attention to your children, you're taking heed to them and making sure everything's okay. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse number 10. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 10. Now, uh, a verse that we are familiar with. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. So uh, I want to talk to you this morning about taking heed to the voices you're listening to. Now, that might not, you know, uh, it might not sound real exciting right now, but as we go, you'll see the great importance of this. Because we're faith people. How many of you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God? Hearing uh, comes by listening to the voice of God. The, I mean, hearing, hearing that brings faith. It comes by listening to God. You've got to hear God speak in order to know, uh, in order to have faith for something. 
You understand? You and I can't have faith. We, we, we have the written Word of God. The written Word of God is God speaking to us today, right? We need to elevate it to that point and value it, honor it to that level that this is God speaking to me. How many of you know you don't need to pray about something the Word already gave you the answer about? Amen. Simple, basic things, but let's just get, kick it off on some basic. So uh, you, can, you can actually open yourself to deception, praying about, Lord, should I do this or that when the Word already gave us the answer? You know, for example, I just used an illustration everybody can understand. For example, somebody's dating somebody that's not saved and praying whether they're the right ones to marry or not. Well, the Bible already said, don't be unequally yoked together, right? But you can open yourself to deception praying about something that uh, the Bible already gave you the answer about. Can you say amen? I'm used to a lot of feedback, a lot of amen, so if you'll say amen, I'll feel right at home, you know. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, but anyway, this, the, the day we live in, um, you know, like, 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 like here in 1 Corinthians 14, it t- says it in verse 10, there are many voices, many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. In other words, there's a lot of things being said, a lot of things being said. Uh, uh, you know, and, and not just in the church, we're talking about in the world, um, there's a lot of voices, there's voices talking about sports, right, there's voices talking about psychology, there's voices talking about end times, there's voices about, uh, voices about politics, all kinds of things. People say a lot of different things, but how many of you know that those are voices in the world? Then he, 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 uh, there's something that's interesting, you might not have ever thought about it, but yet on the other hand, uh, it is something that you have to recognize when you think about some of these things. Uh, there are all, and this might sound funny, and I'm not weird. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Pastor Jay's not weird. <laughs> Amen. In fact, I don't like weirdness. Amen. I think that's why we get along. You know, we, we don't like weirdness together. But, so I'm going to say this. It'll sound a little funny at first, but you'll understand it once I explain it. There are really actually three voices inside of you. There's the voice, because you're a three-part being, right? You are spirit, you, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The voice of your spirit is your conscience. The voice of your soul is the rational mind, or the, the, you know, the voice of the mind is rational thought, and then the voice of your soul, the emotions, uh, and then there's the voice of your body. If you were to slap your, your neighbor across the face right before, right before you left church today, they'd feel that, and their body would tell them you slapped them, right? That's feeling. That's feeling, right? So, uh, uh, so really, that's, that sounds weird to say there's three voices in you, but that's what I'm talking about. How I many of you know you spiritually, growing up spiritually means you, uh, you learn to follow the right voice. You learn not to follow the voice of your flesh or your, your emotions or your rational mind whenever it's trying to reason against the Word of God. So uh, that, 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 and we could talk about the conscience, which is the voice of your spirit. Your conscience picks up things from the Holy Ghost and passes it on to you uh, because your conscience is the voice of your spirit. The Holy Ghost lives in your spirit, passes those things on to your spirit. And your, your conscience picks it up, talks to you about it. And amen, amen. Anybody ever had, had something where they said something in a way that was too harsh or something, and your conscience smote you? Well, that's the voice of your spirit trying to get your attention. Say, don't do that. Don't say that. Amen? I mean, if you know, the love of Christ constraineth us. I mean, I felt those reins on my, on my mouth a couple of times. Whoa, horsey, you know? I mean, <laughs> because I can... You know, how many of you know if you're ever passionate about something and, uh, and you know, you just want to you you know, you say your peace, you know. But uh, praise God. Thank God for the conscience. Yes. Hallelujah. Should we follow our conscience? Yes, follow your conscience. Follow your conscience, especially if you get the word in you. 
So, but anyway, so when we talk about voices, there's many voices in the world. Um, there's voices in the world. There's voices, uh, uh, strange, it might sound strange, but there's three inside of you. <laughs> and then also, if you understand what he's saying here, uh, there, are, there are voices also in the body of Christ. And, and God raises people up with voice, with a, gives them a voice to speak into the body of Christ, right? Uh, remember the Bible talks about John the Baptist. It said he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Yes. How many of you know that's God speaking through a man? Uh, you realize that uh, he was preparing the way of Jesus, right? And he was a voice. God gave him a voice in the, uh, into the people of God to speak and to prepare them for what was coming, that is Jesus, and uh, get them ready because uh, there was, it was prophesied that there would be one go before him. So Jesus, uh, 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 or God gave a man a voice. Praise God for the voice of those that are speaking by the Spirit in the body of Christ. Amen. How many of you thank God for uh, good ministers, good, good, solid faith people, word people, Holy Ghost people who are speaking what the Spirit of God is saying? A number of years ago, March of uh, 2014, uh, some of the people at our church, we were praying. And uh, at that particular day, we were praying for, uh, for utterance, for a boldness for ministers and uh, so forth and so on, according to the scriptures. And we were praying also about, and then we got over talking about where Peter said that when he that speaketh, let him speak as of the oracles of God. Say that out loud, the oracles of God. And while we were praying, um, I don't, I don't, this doesn't happen every week. You got to be careful, people who kind of act like it does. But I had a vision. Amen. God still does that kind of thing. And, uh, but some people kind of act like that kind of happens to them every week or they go have a trip to heaven every other Thursday. And uh, you got to avoid people like that, right? I mean, you look through the Bible. If I can just say this while I'm going past this, you look through the Bible and you see Paul having visions, Peter having visions, the people having visions, and you see it's scriptural, right? But you get the idea that it sort of happened pretty often, but it, over, over, it happened over, like in Paul's case, we have record, I think it was a seven or eight different visions in his whole life, you know. It wasn't something that happened every, every other week. But anyway, it does happen. But I had this vision. I saw this in the Spirit. Now, how many of you know you judge everything by the Word of God? But I saw this whenever we were praying. I got over into the Spirit praying. We need to not just pray mental prayers or um, prayers out of our understanding, but pray in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I mean, praying in the Holy Ghost, you pray out miracles. You pray out understanding. You get direction. You lay track for the plan of God. You can run on the plan of God. So, but we were praying. I had this vision. And in the vision, I saw something I didn't know. Well, I knew by the witness of the Spirit what it was. But if I were to tell you to try to explain it or try to, try to uh, put... Uh, uh, or to describe somebody say, what it looked like? Well, it was really the oracles of God. Yeah. And, and uh, if you say, what does it look like? It kind of looked like a, a sword, and yet it looked like a voice. I don't know how to describe it. But, but it was being carried by the angels. And the angels were carrying it through the earth, uh, and they were, the, 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 God was looking for someone who would respond to those, to those oracles. Yeah. Now you say, what, is the, what, what, do you, what do you mean the oracles of God? I'm talking about the message that heaven is endeavoring to communicate to the earth, to the body of Christ. Amen. And, uh, and so this, this, uh, these oracles, I think that's the uh, my air conditioner. I hope I'm not doing something wrong there. 
Okay, so the oracles, they were being carried by the angels through the earth looking for someone to respond to those oracles. And uh, when God would find somebody who would hear what God was saying and would uh, then go and say what they heard God saying, those oracles would rest over that ministry. And that ministry would be empowered with a greater amount of utterance and they would speak by the Spirit, and, and uh, that, that message that heaven was endeavoring to communicate to the body of Christ would go out, and the people of God would gather around those oracles, because there's people that are hungry for what's God saying. Well, somebody said, what's he saying? He's saying what he said in his word, amen? amen. And so I'm not talking about something outside of the word. I'm talking about what needs to be emphasized right now. You know, you go through church history and you'll find that God, like, like take Martin Luther, God had to emphasize by grace through faith for a while to get that reestablished because that had been lost, you know. Then you find the holiness revival, then the, you know, the uh, healing revival, then the charismatic revival, then the, uh, you talk about the uh, teaching revival and so forth and so on. What's God saying? There's different seasons where he's trying to get things reestablished back into the church and, 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 and find somebody who will say what heaven is saying. Praise God. And so that's what I saw. I saw that in the spirit that uh, God's, the oracles of God were, and, and by the way, the oracles of God were very weighty. No man can carry them. Only the angels could carry them, but a man could respond to it. Amen. And so I saw that. Well, when, when, and then I saw that if that particular ministry would speak what heaven is saying, then that particular uh, ministry would, would be blessed. God would open doors. He would give them favor. They would, they would move. They would have a greater voice in the body of Christ and so forth and so on. But then I would saw that some, whenever they would, uh, they, would, they would say what heaven is saying for a while, and then because of, you know, uh, it's not popular or whatever, they would begin to preach something else. And those oracles would lift. They would leave, and they would go over to somebody, find somebody else who would say what God's saying. I know Dr. Dufresne. You know Dr. Dufresne. Uh, he, he would go, I've, I've got several friends where the Spirit of God uh, did this whenever they, uh, Dr. Frame went to their church. He went there to, uh, uh, to, I'm thinking of one place he went there, and he got up, and the first time he got up in the pulpit, he said, uh, years ago, he saw, he's a prophet, so now he's seeing. He said, years ago, there was a church over on this side of town who had the message, and they were speaking it, and it greatly grew. And then he said, years, and then, and then they stopped preaching what the Word of God says, and then a then the church over here rose up, and they were preaching what God said. And now that oracle, they, they stopped preaching what God was, is saying, and now those oracles are over this church. Whenever I heard that, I thought, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. Amen? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Can you, can you understand what I'm talking about? It's not that, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a higher level of utterance. Yeah. Right. Praise God. So, uh, what is God saying to the church today? Well, he's saying everything the Word says. Yeah. I said he's saying everything the Word says. He's telling us who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. He's telling us, he's, and I'll tell you one thing to be real honest with you. If you go over to, I won't, you don't have to turn there now, but Hebrews chapter number 3, verses 7 through chapter 4, verses like 1 and 2 and 3 down and through there, you'll find that the Bible makes it clay. Hebrews 3, 7 says, uh, uh, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Remember that? Hebrews 3, 7. And then he goes on, talks about don't be like the children of Israel in the wilderness. who uh, They provoke God and so forth and so on. And he said, they do always err in their heart. They err in their heart and they have not known my ways. 
And then he keeps on going and he talks about what, they, what the ways of God were, were faith. Faith would get them into Canaan's land. Am I still preaching all right? So faith, always, 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 the, the oracles of God are uh, pre- preaching faith. Amen. Faith is the way we live. The just shall live by faith. Not just get saved by faith, live by faith every day. Amen. Living by faith. And so if you, that verse there, the Spirit of God spoke to me a number of years ago, Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 9, I believe it is, where it talks about there, he said, they do always err in their heart and they've not known my ways. The ways of God that he's referring to there is walking by faith. That's the way God gets done what he wants done in our lives. Is by faith. So uh, the oracles of God uh, are always going to uh, rest on a place where faith is being preached. Faith is being taught. Can you say amen? Because that's the way we live. Somebody said, well, that, that era is over. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a, uh, somebody said, the, the, the faith movement. No, faith is the way you live, not just a movement. It's the way, it's for today. It's for tomorrow. It's for next year and however long till Jesus comes. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. So those oracles are always talking about faith. They're always telling the people to believe God. Always telling the church. Praise the Lord. And so it's important that we recognize the, the, uh, the message that God wants to emphasize. Now, uh, let's think about something for a moment. Um, the, the thing I wanted you to see here when it comes to these, uh, these, uh, these oracles, or let, let's put it this way, these voices in the body of Christ. There are some that when it comes to the voices, how many of you know there's many things you could listen to in the body of Christ today? And I'm not saying that everybody's good or bad. I don't know. Every, you know, you got to take each thing based on the word. But um, the thing about it is every voice in the body of Christ, and we thank God for all the body of Christ, right? Everybody that's, that's preaching some sort of word, we thank God for them. But every voice in the body of Christ has a level of accuracy based on the degree that their mind is renewed. Can you, you want me to say that again? Every voice in the body of Christ has a level of accuracy based on the degree of the renewing of their minds. How renewed are their minds? How many of you know it's not enough? Just we thank God for getting saved. I mean, thank God for all these people that led somebody to the Lord. We, we, I mean, if you're going to get anything, get that. Get salvation. But I mean, how many of you know, like Pastor said earlier, after that is the discipleship that is necessary to to prepare them for the return of the Lord, prepare them to be fruitful in the kingdom of God and to uh, bring their supply to the work of God, the kingdom of God, so forth and so on. And that is by degree, that happens by degree according to how renewed someone's mind is. Hebrew, I mean, uh, Romans 12, verse number 2, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then it says that you may prove what is the good, what, acceptable, perfect will of God. See, there's degrees of fulfilling the will of God in our lives. Number one, having God's best in our lives. There's degrees of that. And then there's degrees of how usable we are in the kingdom of God based on the renewing of our minds. Am I preaching all right? That renewing of the mind is, is something that and, and then the, those that are called to fivefold ministry, they'll minister 
they'll minister on, in other words, their ministry will have degrees of accuracy based on how renewed their mind is. Does that make any sense? So when it comes to them being uh, uh, all that they could be or God wants them to be in the body of Christ, the more they renew their mind, the more fruit they're going to have. Now, I didn't say numbers. I said fruit. How many of you know you can have fruit and, uh, or you can have numbers and no fruit? Can you say amen? So there, there's real true spiritual discipleship and spiritual growth uh, that, that is really that God's looking for in the body of Christ. And to have that, we have to sit under the voices that are speaking from more of a renewed mind. Can you say amen? Everybody still loves Pastor Jay, right? So uh, this is uh, maybe not something, uh, maybe come back tonight, maybe you'll like tonight a little bit better. But, uh, but we got to recognize that uh, these things uh, are so in the body of Christ. Now, uh, these, these that, uh, those of us in the ministry, we have a voice into the body of Christ. Uh, and that's a serious thing, really. That's a sobering thing. It's not something that any of us in the ministry should just count lightly because really if you read James chapter number one verse, uh, no, it's not chapter one, wherever it is. I'd have to look it up. But it talks about, I think chapter three, verse number one. It talks about we that are ministers, uh, we're going to have to give account. Amplified brings it out clear. We have to give an account for what we have sown into the body of Christ. We're going to be, he said, judged by a higher standard. In other words, the voice God gives us in the body of Christ, we have to, we have to pay attention to what we, what we use our voice to say. Amen. Uh, we're not speaking for ourselves. We're speaking for the head of the church. And so we're going to have to give an account to the head of the church. Amen. And so what I teach and what I preach, I'm going to have to give an account. I remember a man, Brother Hagin, said this one time. He said, uh, we came up in front of Brother Hagin, and, uh, as your pastors did. And, uh, but uh, Brother Hagin said a man came up to him one time after a service and said, boy, I'd hate to be you. And uh, the man said, well, what do you mean you'd hate to be me? He said, well, you're going to have to give an account for everything you preach. He said, well, Brother Hagin looked at him and said, yeah, that's true. But he said, I'd hate to be you. He said, what do you mean you'd hate to be me? He said, you're going to have to give an account for everything I preach. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So all of us are in this. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. We're going to give an account. Yes. I mean, the older I get, and I'm not old yet, I'm just getting started. Pastor made me look old, said some of you were born after I was, <laughs> no, I'm not old yet. Praise God. Just getting started. But the older I get, the more I think about the fact I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account. And so I'm paying attention to not sowing the wrong things into the body of Christ. It's a serious deal. And uh, I'm not talking about being uh, depressed about it, but just talking about being sober about it. Amen. So... Um, I think that's important that we understand that. Now, one of the things that uh, when it comes to these voices, uh, I'm talking about the voices in the body of Christ now. That's, that's what I'm going to focus on for the rest of the service. The voices in the body of Christ. I and, and your pastors, they, they, they have right thinking about this. We thank God for everybody that's, that's getting people saved, right? Anybody that's getting people born again, Baptist, I mean, it doesn't matter. Just if you're getting people saved, we thank God for you. Amen. 
But how many of you know there's, there's degrees of, of accuracy in all different voices as to what's being said? I mean, uh, things can be, can be said that are not exactly accurate. Well, um, none of us probably have, none of us are probably 100% accurate. Amen. We're all growing, right? We're all renewing our minds. Hallelujah. Uh, I didn't, and I'm going to say something that doesn't mean I'm right all the time, but I, I probably, there's probably no preacher around that I agree 100% with. But I didn't say I'm, I didn't say I mean I'm right about it all, just that I just, I just don't quite see it that way from the Word of God. But we can have good fellowship anyway, right? We, we can get, to get, get, get together and have good fellowship. I, I, have good, I have good fellowship. Some pastors in our city, they, they, they'll, they'll uh, get you saved at the drop of a hat, and they'll even drop the hat. You know, I'm just, they, just love, they just love getting people saved. But if, you, if I were to go to their church and try to grow spiritually on their diet and what they're preaching, I'd just probably shrivel up in faith. You know what I'm talking about? But I can get along with them, have good fellowship with them. I mean, they get them saved and bring them over to my church and get, them, get, to, get their mind renewed. Amen. We thank God for everybody. So when we're saying some of the things we're going to say, we're not saying we don't we don't need the whole body of Christ. The Bible said nobody can say we don't need the whole body of Christ. Anybody else in the body of Christ? We're not saying you know just follow one one ministry and nobody else. That's not that's not scriptural either. I mean, we would keep this balance right. But right on the other hand, you and I do need to identify by the Spirit who the main voice is into our lives. By the Spirit. We are to- told in 2 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number, what is it, 14, to know no man after the flesh. That includes who, who is, where is your main feeder or main supply in the body of Christ? Who is that? We, we, I mean, we thank God for everybody, but you can't sit under everybody all week long. We, 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 I mean, everybody's got to do what they're called to do. But how many of you know there's ministries all over the world, all over other countries and different places? I mean, we don't even know everybody, number one, but sitting under everybody, is, is, uh, we just can't even do it. Well, where is our main connection? Where is our main feeder? You got to know that by the Spirit. Is that right? And wherever God plants you or connects you under the, in the body of Christ, that they're going to have a grace on them, and you're going to have a grace on you that, that you will grow the best spiritually there. And you will, your spirit will be formed uh, for what God's planned for your life the best by sitting where God's, where main, God's main supply for your spiritual life is. That's going to be where you, uh, where you just seem to, uh, I know, for example, I know where my connections are. Pastor Nancy, God spoke to me clearly. Both of us, Pastor Debbie and I, spoke to us clearly. Pastor Nancy is your pastor. Dr. Frayne was our spiritual father before that, Brother Hagen. Uh, and so, but, but these things, uh, these connections, I should say, we know where our main connection is. We know where our main feeder is. We're not saying we don't need anybody else in the body of Christ. I mean, I come across things all the time. I get blessed by other ministries. We, we, we thank God for all ministries. I want you to hear the way I'm saying that this morning, not say the wrong thing. But, but right on the other hand, uh, I, I, my main feeder is where God, the Spirit, uh, the Spirit of God showed me this is where your main connection is. Amen? And so I pay attention to that voice. Hi, that's the higher voice into my life than all the other voices, Amen. right? Yes, I thank God for everybody. How many of you know if everybody else wasn't doing what they were called to do, then we'd have to do everything they're doing. Right. 
And we can't do everything. So we need them to be doing what they're doing. But as far as uh, where do I fit and where's my main connection in the body of Christ, I have to identify that by the Spirit. Can you say amen? Just laying a, a foundation for some things here before we get very, very much further into this. So um, you, you have to know where your primary voice is. And uh, the, the, the one that God connects you to the closest might not be the, the one that has the most flamboyant television ministry or the most miracles, but, and it might not even be, a, be the highest anointing in the body of Christ, but it is the highest voice. Yeah, are you listening to me? God, for, for you. That's the highest voice for you. Now, that doesn't mean that nobody else can, can minister or say anything and, and so forth and so on. But, but uh, that's, the, that's the main, everybody needs, all sheep need a feeder. Yes. When I say feeder, someone who feeds them the Word of God. Amen. And uh, you need to know your main feeder. And for sheep, that's the main feeder is the pastor. Yes. Everybody needs a pastor. All sheep need a pastor. Jesus said over there in Matthew chapter number, uh, what is it, chapter 9, uh, he, he saw the uh, multitude scattered abroad as sheep not having what? A shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. I said sheep need a shepherd. <clears throat> Every sheep needs a shepherd. I need a shepherd. All ministers need a pastor. Same word shepherd is translated pastor in the New Testament. So everybody needs somebody that can speak into their life, speak the Word of God that they sit under. Now, we all have the Holy Ghost. We all know that the Spirit of God speaks to us. We all know we have fellowship with God. We all know that He'll talk to us directly. And uh, we don't have to go through a man to hear from God or get direction from God or anything like that. That's, we're not talking about that. We're just simply saying there's somebody in the body of Christ anointed to help you. Yeah. Somebody, I mean, thank God for the Holy Ghost in you that teaches you. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost that empowers you to be a witness. Thank God for all that. But there's extra, extra, read all about it. And that is getting connected to somebody in the body of Christ who, ha who has a, 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 a grace on them to speak what God's saying. And, and you sit under their ministry and hear what, hear what God is saying. Amen. I remember the Lord said to me one time, he said, uh, trying to help me get my mind renewed years ago. He said, there are things that you'll need to know from my word uh, that uh, you need to know from my word that I won't speak to you directly about. Unless, he said, if I told you to connect with somebody in the body that already has that revelation, he said, you'll have to get it from them. You'll have to get it from. Now, notice he didn't say everything. He said there are some things, some things. Amen. I didn't say everything. How many of you know we all have fellowship with God? I want to keep this rightly balanced because you're well taught here, and I don't want to be run out of the room, you know, because, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you need to run that kind of thing off, right? Wrong doctrine. But yet, right on the other hand, there, there is some things, some things. You, you know as well as I do. I, I'll tell you my testimony. I, I was growing. I got saved when I was 10 years old and uh, grew up in a denominational church. They love God, got people saved. But uh, I didn't grow there at all. I mean, sitting under that voice, there, there's just not much food there. I mean, the table was spread, and there was a crumb of bread on the table, you know, spiritually. So I didn't grow much there. But I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and started speaking with other tongues. And somebody started feeding me these. First of all, they gave me Dr. Summerall books, uh, 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 Dr. Lester Summerall, Smith Wigglesworth books, and then eventually Brother Hagin's books. 
And I started reading them. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. I, I didn't know that was in the Bible, and God called me to go to Rama Bible Training Center. So I went there, and I'm sitting there going, uh, that, yeah, well, that is what that said. I'm looking at the Bible whenever they're teaching. I'm like, that's been right there the whole time since I was 10 years old, but I didn't see that. See, somebody's in order to help me see that. I'm not talking about something that's outside of the Word. I'm talking about something that's been there the whole time, but I just didn't see it. Amen. We all need that to grow properly spiritually. We need that. Nobody is a, in the body of Christ. Nobody's a lone ranger. Nobody's just supposed to be, you know, you look at the Bible and we're all called sheep, right? You never see one sheep out in the pasture by itself and then all the rest of them over here. They all just go in a flock. Amen. Even, even Denny's after the, after the service. Go, go in a flock. <laughs> I don't know if you have Denny's down here or not. But, so, but uh, we need one another, don't we? And somebody has a voice in the body of Christ that God wants you to sit under. Praise the Lord. And so uh, it'd be best if you knew which voice that is and learned to follow it. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of most importance. Now, um, uh, don't, don't run, and, and I'm going to talk about the pastor's office here. Don't run what the pastor is saying through what these other voices are saying. Run what these other voices are saying through what your pastor is saying. Your pastor is your highest voice in your life. Amen. You understand that? I said your pastor is your highest. Let me ask you a question. Which one would be a higher uh, calling to you? So, uh, which connection, let's put it that way, which connection would be a higher connection for you? Someone who's sent to the body of Christ at large, which some, of, some ministries are sent to the body of Christ at large, right? They're not pastoring a church per se. Or somebody who God specifically sent to you to pastor you every week. The specific would be the highest. Amen? You're looking at me real funny. I'm leaving right after this. You, didn't, you made them drop their rotten tomatoes at the door, right? The specific would be the highest calling. Yeah, but so-and-so has all these miracles. Well, that, that might be true. And there's miracles here too, by the way. A lot of miracles, but, but here's my point. But the, the highest miracle flow might not be as the highest voice. We're talking about the voice that speaks the Word of God to you. Praise the Lord. And so um, the, the, uh, we didn't, we're to know these by the Spirit. Um, in in uh, John the Baptist's day, I was talking to your pastors about this. I actually was stirred on this even before we went to lunch yesterday, but we were talking about it briefly. In John the Baptist's day, the Lord put this in my heart. Uh, you know, because I, I, I'll say it this way, I've noticed anything God's doing in the earth, Satan tries to get in there and mess it up. He'll try to mess it up through getting it into error, wrong doctrine, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Whatever he can do to mess it up, he'll try to mess it up. So you know that's just the nature of the devil. He's, he's trying to get, get, that all, get somebody confused about what God's really doing before it even happens, to be honest with you. Get people distracted. But you know, see, here's, here's a season. John the Baptist comes on the scene, and here's a season. Jesus himself, the Messiah, is about to show up on the earth. And, and, and you know because of the momentous, that's not, I don't even know if that's the word, momentousness. <laughs> It's a mark of intelligence to make up words. You can't do that unless you're intelligent. 
Amen. But the, 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 the amount of, the, 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 the amount of uh, importance of that event, Jesus showing up, is off the charts. You know the devil was out there spreading whatever lies or, you know, voices speaking different things, trying to get people off and, and, and not recognizing the Messiah. There's probably a lot of things happening, right? And they're probably saying, God's saying this, God's saying that, God's saying the other. But there was only one voice in that day that was say, that. let me put it this way. There was only one voice in that day that God saw as important enough to record in the Word what was, what was being said. That was John the Baptist's voice. Until Jesus came, then, then what Jesus was saying was written. You understand what I'm talking about. But, but that voice, uh, that voice was probably in a sea of voices. You understand, at that time, saying a lot of different things. But there was only one that was really speaking for God. And that's why God recorded his, his message. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, right? I'm not saying that's true today. Well, there's only one person that's saying anything from God. That's not what I'm saying. But my point is, there are, you, for example, 1 John not, not First John, but John's Gospel, the 10th chapter, uh, it talks about in verse 4 and 5, uh, we combine those verses together and we say, my sheep know my voice and the voice of strangers they will not follow, right? Notice the voice of the shepherd, Jesus, the head of the church, the voice of the shepherd is singular and he said, the voices of strangers they'll not follow, plural. The more singular you become in which voices you're listening to, the closer you are to the head of the church speaking. Wow. Hearing what the Spirit of God's saying through the head of the church. Amen. There's a lot of voices. And, and we thank God for, for anybody that's... I, I'm just thankful for anybody getting anybody saved. Let's get this thing done, you know. But yet, right on the other hand, if I want to fulfill the good, not just the good, but the acceptable and the perfect will of God, I got to go all the way to, to uh, listening to the, to the uh, clearest voice, the most renewed, the most accurate according to the word voice. Amen. And that's my introduction, page two. <laughs> Anybody old enough to hear Paul Harvey on the radio? Oh, my, my, my. I grew up listening to Paul Harvey, page two, you know. All right. So now notice here, notice I want you to, if, if you can handle this now, go to uh, Mark chapter number six. Mark chapter number six, verse number 34. Mark chapter 6, 34. Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them because they were a sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And then you know the story of the, uh, that, that the few things happened between there. And then verse 39 through 40. Look at Mark 6, 39 through 40. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And set, they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. Now, this is when he fed the 5,000. You remember there was a little boy had lunch and uh, two, two loaves and, what was it, two, two, two loaves and five fishes. Uh, and Jesus said, he, the Bible said he blessed it and he broke it and he gave to the disciples. They had the 12 disciples. Then they went, like if this was a, one of the companies that sat down in 50s and 100s, the disciples, Jesus is up here taking the bread and the fish. He's breaking it. The disciples take what he gave them and they walked over to one of these companies and they distributed it to somebody. I don't know if they gave it to one and then that one broke it and it multiplied and kept on going down the row or if they went back the row, how they did it. But every time it was broken, it was multiplied. Uh -huh. Jesus broke it and handed it off 
And this multiplied what was in his hands. The disciples, they took it over here, broke it, handed it off, and, and, and what they had in their hand multiplied. Whatever this person broke it and gave it to the next person, what they have in their hand multiplied. And it fed fi- over 5,000. That was just men, 5,000. Wow. Now, the Bible doesn't put things in there just as filler. You know, Mark's book, Mark, Mark didn't say, my book's shorter than Matthew. I need to, fill, I need to put some more details in there. And so I'll, I'll mention that he had them sit down in companies uh, by 50s and 100s. No, that was inspired by the Holy Ghost. Why? Because when it comes to the head of the church distributing spiritual food, he's going to do it the same way. Go over to the book of Revelation. Well, I, I won't go there. You can remember this. I'll just say Revelation 1 through 3, chapter 1 through 3. You read John on the Isle of Patmos. He's in exile having a visitation from Jesus, the head of the church. And Jesus comes and he says the first, first part of the book there, chapter 1 through 3, Jesus dictated seven letters to seven churches, right, that were actually in existence in that day. And Jesus gave them a message. Remember, each one of them had uh, uh, something that they had done right and something that they needed to work on. I think most all of them had something to work on. There's some things I'm working on in my life, right? But so, and so there was a letter written to each one, and it says to the, uh, to the angel of the church of so-and-so, write. I don't believe it was a literal angel. You don't, I mean, have you know men don't write a letter to angel to take it over there. No, it was the pastor. If you can find, I think, four times in the New Testament that same word translated there, angels, talking about a man. <clears throat> so it's the pastor. He's writing this letter to these pastors and saying, here's what Jesus, the head of the church, is saying. And he gave it to the pastors. Now, why did he give it to the pastors? Because when Jesus has something to say, he he sends it to where he expects his people to be. He sends it to the church. Amen? We thank God for other meetings, don't we? We thank God for evangelistic meetings. We thank God for uh, Holy Ghost meetings where uh, believers gather together and have moves of the Spirit and so forth. We thank God for all of it. But if Jesus was distributing his message when, in that day, Revelation 1 through 3, to get his message out, he sent it to the pastors. Yes, sir. Amen? Amen? Now, that's the same thing he did back there whenever he was distributing food in Mark chapter number 6. That was a type. Jesus in Mark 6, whenever he uh, divided the uh, bread, that was a type of how he's going to distribute spiritual food in the body of Christ. He's going to give it to the leadership, those that he calls fivefold ministry offices, and, uh, and then he's going to give it, to, then they're going to go give it to the people. Amen. 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 Are you still following me this morning? Now, um, you might say, well, um, yeah, uh, but John was a prophet. John here on the Isle of Patmos, he was a prophet, and God gave that message to the prophet in the prophet's office. That's exactly true. But notice, Jesus, say Jesus, Jesus. told him to take that message to the local churches. He said, go, take that message, and send it to the pastor of the local churches. Amen. When it comes to these other, can I just go ahead and say it, pastor? When it comes to these other offices, if you want to know which ones to connect to, who is your pastor connected to? Come on, pastor. I'll go over here because that didn't go over real well over here. If you, when it comes to these other offices, well, there, there is the apostle, isn't there? There is the prophet, isn't there? There is the evangelist, isn't there? And the teacher and so forth. If, but, but somebody said, okay, which ones of those do I connect with? If you want to know who to listen to, who is your pastor feeding on? That's right. 
Who is your pastor feeding on? Uh, that went over like maybe a little bit different than I expected, but praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, God is good anyhow. If you make it through this morning, you're going to love tonight. Woo, you're going to love tonight. <laughs> so uh, God raises up true pastors. Your pastor is, is a safety for you. He's protection from you. Uh, not from you, for you. <laughs> Edit that out, please. That's just, but protection for you. He's protecting you. He's probably more interested in your stability than any of the other offices. I'm not saying other offices shouldn't be, and, and some of them are. We thank God for the ones that are. But yet, right on the other hand, I came up under Brother Hagin, and he was very, very uh, interested in the local church. He always emphasized the local church, told people the importance of the local church. Amen. Amen. So uh, that's something that we need to recognize, that the head of the church really, uh, really wants the message to go to the local churches. If it's being preached out there and you're not hearing it in your local church, it's not a voice for you to listen to. Well, should I say it again? I said, if it's being preached out there and it's not being preached in your local church, it's probably not a voice for you to listen to. I love something your pastor, Pastor Joni, said at lunch the other day, I mean, excuse me, yesterday, and she was saying something to the effect that uh, to, to uh, I think I'm quoting you close to right, I'm giving her credit this time, this is the last time I'm going to give her credit, you know, just from now on, as I always say, you know. <laughs> but, but she said something to the effect, if you're feeding on diets other than what's being fed here, you're creating disunity in this local church. Now, that's good preaching right there. When, when your pastors stand up and say, word and spirit, word and spirit, not just word, but word and spirit, not just spirit, but word and spirit, right? When they say that, they're speaking what they're hearing from the head of the church. Can you say amen? amen? And they're a stabilizing force for you. Praise the Lord. If you don't know which voice to listen to, just listen to your pastor. And if he mentions somebody's name that's a blessing to him, then you might, you might go out there and start listening to them too. Amen? Can you say amen? Am I, getting, am I doing all right? Praise the Lord. So the pastor's a stabilizing force in the life of the believer. And if you don't have a true pastor, you're going to be flaky. Now, I'm looking straight ahead because I don't know anybody here. But I, I see. I, praise the Lord. Um, but some of the most flaky people follow uh, other, other offices rather than the pastor. That's right. Real stable Christians have a true pastor. Amen. Amen. And if a ministry you're listening to doesn't believe you need a pastor and a local church, uh, and they don't direct you back to the local church to try to get you just to follow them, then you need to know they're not safe for you. Amen. Amen. They're speaking from another voice. Jesus said, my, my sheep know my voice. And he also said that uh, without a shepherd, the sheep faint and are scattered. He didn't say without a prophet. Come on now. That's right. Not preaching against the prophet. You have one on your pastoral leadership here. Come on. Amen. I recognize that. But, but, but that's, that's uh, Jesus said the pastor is what really is the main feeder. He's the main feeder. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so... Uh, Jesus didn't just say that, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. He didn't just say, these people need more of apostles' ministry, more of the prophets' ministry. You might think I'm preaching down on that. I'm not preaching down on that. I'm simply saying, let the pastor uh, show you which ones are safe for you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, go over with me to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Still love me? Praise the Lord. We'll see what happens tonight. We might run the aisles and climb the walls tonight. Amen. But see, this kind of thing will keep you safe, this kind of teaching and preaching. Actually, before, I, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm led to go a different direction here. I had you go over there. Go to Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16. I don't know what time I started preaching, Pastor. Just found the clock about 20 minutes ago, so I'm not sure. Oh, there it is. Acts 16, verses 16 and 17, came to pass as they went to a certain, excuse me, went to prayer. A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, with brought, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now look at that. Here's a lady, uh, uh, she's got, the Bible calls it a spirit of divination, possessed with the spirit of divination. She's saying words that are perfectly correct scripturally. Isn't that right? These men are the servants of the Most High God, absolutely, which show us the way of salvation, absolutely. 100%. Boom. She's right. Right? The words are correct. But what was behind it wasn't. Amen. It was a wrong spirit. Amen. The problem was the source. Yeah, yeah, yeah amen. We have, this, we have this issue in our age. Um, there's many voices wanting to be streamed into your consciousness, wanting to influence you and affect your spiritual diet. Don't just click on anything because it sounds right. Praise the Lord. That's good preaching, Pastor Jay. Okay, all right, I'll just keep on going. <laughs> Amen. Notice what it says, and, and if you read on down through there, I didn't write down the verse, but I think it's the next verse or two, Paul being grieved in his spirit. How many of you know, we, it's not just what the voice is saying, it's what is your spirit saying whenever you listen to it. <clears throat> I remember a number of years ago, uh, this is probably 10 or 12 years ago, Probably most people here wouldn't even know who I'm talking about, but, and that's not the point. I'm not trying to talk about people. I'm talking about issues here. But uh, a minister, was, was, he kind of came on the scene all of a sudden, and he had great big meetings, and, and uh, we, we're, we're for big meetings. How many of you know God wants to reach all the people he can reach? So I'm not, you've got to hear my heart and understand I'm not preaching against any of that. But um, this particular minister was, was uh, being pushed and promoted, and a group of people which were uh, standing in a particular office of ministry, were always talking about him, prophesying that he's uh, uh, the next move of God and so forth and so on. Well, I didn't, know, I didn't know all this was going on, but somebody was telling me about it. And one day I was flipping across some channels and I saw this and I, I'm like, oh, I think this is who they're talking about. And so I stopped and within three minutes it's like, something right. Sounds right. Talking about healing, sounds right. But something right. What did I do when I realized something wasn't right? I didn't sit there and go, I don't know what it is. Let me find out what it is. No, as soon as I knew something in right, click. Right. Click. Right. 
Why? Because he might say something that, that, that will undo, try, that Satan will try to use to undo something God's been building into my life for two decades. You got to know people by the Spirit. Well, I didn't know what wasn't right, but I just knew something isn't right, so I turned it off. It wasn't a year later that this, it, it all came out. These weren't words of knowledge that he was getting. He had greeters back at the door saying, oh, it's good to have you. I see you need healing. What's wrong with you? And he would, they would pass that to him, and he's just calling that out. It's not word of knowledge. Second of all, he was living in immorality, and it all came out. He's living in immorality. Y'all still out there? You're going home. Sound perfectly doctrinally correct, but something wasn't right. Do you know that if you receive what certain voices are saying, you'll receive the spirit that's behind it? Well, but how could that be that he's saying the perfectly exact right thing? Do you know Satan in Luke 4 said scriptural verses to Jesus? He said to Jesus, it is written. Satan, when he was tempted in Luke 4, tempted in the wilderness, you remember that? He said, it is written. Amen. That was, he, 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 Satan quoted it exactly right. This woman in, in Luke 6, uh, uh, Acts 16, she's saying exactly the right thing. These men that serve the most high show us the way of salvation. Exactly right. But there was something behind it, an influence behind it that was not of God. Right. Ephesians 5 talks about he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, edifying the body of the Christ, that we all come into the unity of the faith and, and you know, the knowledge of the Son of God and the perfect man of the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ. Did you get all that? <laughs> that we that, that we be no more children. No more children. What? Tossed to and fro. Carried about. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. Wind. See, there's winds of doctrine that go around. But I want you to notice, he said that back there in the, in the I don't have the verses in front of me, but in that passage we were just quoting, he talks about uh, speaking the truth in love. Notice that. Speaking the truth in love. Say that out loud, speaking the truth in love. That's a part of what we need to grow up, speaking the truth in love. Now, what is he saying there? He's saying that it's not enough just to have the, the truth spoken by a voice or, or listen to a voice that's speaking the truth, but there has to be, the, the motive behind it has to be purified by love for you. Now, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because a voice can be saying the right things, but the motive behind it is to get money, right? A voice can be saying the right things, but they're not saying it to bless and feed the sheep. They're saying it to get a bigger crowd. Their motive is to grow a big church. Now, we want to, we wanna, your pastors want to get more people into the church. I'm not preaching against it. You understand what we're talking about. But their motive is love for you, not to get something out of you. That's safe. That's a safe voice. <laughs> it, their motive behind it is purified by love for you. Years ago, the Lord was speaking to me about preaching more on prosperity. And I was, Lord, and this, was, this was 20 years ago. And I was saying, Lord, because it was helping me, it was blessing me so much. And the Lord was dealing with me to preach it. And I said, Lord, I don't want to be judged for having a wrong motive, you know. And so, so I was talking to the Lord about it. He said, because uh, I was talking to the Lord about I didn't want to be judged for the wrong motive. He said, he said, before you preach it, you lay yourself on the altar and say, what is my reason for preaching this? Yeah. 
What is my motive for preaching this? Is it because if I preach it, I'll get a bigger offering? Or is it, this has helped me so much, I want them to get the help that I'm getting. And he said, once you get that right and you can do it with the right motive, he said, go preach it. Then he said, if anybody judges you and your motive for preaching it, then he said, that's between me and them. I said, you got a deal. Amen. But see, that's what we're talking about there in Ephesians 5. The motive for doing something is pure. It's purified by love for the people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so uh, things can be said that sound right, but your spirit bothers you about it. Because it's not just what is said, it's the motive behind it. What is inspiring them to talk about that? Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said encourage yourself in the Lord, so I'm going to do that. That's good preaching, Pastor Jay. All right, thank you. <laughs> the devil will adopt right words just to get an entrance. Amen. <laughs> the Bible talks about demons, demons disguising as an angel of light. Amen. Satan knows what the Holy Ghost sounds like. He worked with the Godhead for eons before he, before he rebelled. He knows what the God has. He knows what the Holy Ghost sounds like. Am I, am I all right this morning? And uh, he, he, will, uh, he will endeavor, he will endeavor, he'll, he'll focus in on those who God is raising up to have a voice in the body of Christ. He'll focus in on them and try to pervert that voice. He'll try to contaminate that voice. I remember the Spirit of God probably, I'm going to say, 12 years ago. I was, in, a, I was can, in Canada preaching at a good friend of ours church, and the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, I, I, we, the pastor and I had some really good fellowship at lunch talking about some things, and then I got back to the hotel. The Holy Ghost said to me, I want to show you something that where two times in your life that uh, he said the first time you said it publicly because you weren't mature enough to recognize it was the wrong voice. But the second time you knew something wasn't right, so you didn't say something publicly. But two times where you heard that spirit that sounds a whole lot like the Holy Ghost, and you, you thought it was the Holy Ghost. And he showed me which two they were. I got on my knees in, in humility before God. I said, Father, I receive what you're saying. Thank you for showing me. I will never listen to that voice the longest day. And by your grace and with your help, I'll never speak for that spirit again. Amen. I noticed, like I, that minister a number of years ago, I'm still happy. Everybody say, Pastor Jay's happy this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is tight, but it's right. I notice some of these uh, the, that, that speak things and they're not coming to pass, like those ministers that were prophesying saying, this, this man's the next move of God. I told you that a few minutes ago. Great, great, a lot of people coming to this meeting. I notice people don't often get up publicly and repent. That's not safe. Following ministries like that's not safe. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe you wanted me to come in and prophesy. Everybody's going to get a new car by the end of next week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's dance and shout. No. <laughs> but this will help you get a new car. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So um, Satan wants you to be oblivious to what's behind certain things so you'll swallow it. 
Praise God. Not praise God that he's working, but praise God we hear these things and and can can make the adjustments. Don't just think that because something is popular, that makes it a correct voice for your spiritual diet. Amen. So if you take in certain words, you'll take in a wrong spirit. I was hanging around some people that were preaching real strong prosperity uh, uh, years and years ago. And I was driving, I went from that meeting to another place I was preaching and I was, I was leaning, I was sleeping in the car. My wife took a, 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 a turn driving and I was sleeping in the car. When I woke up, I have a habit of doing that. When I wake up, I just look down into my spirit, see if the Holy Ghost is saying anything. Because your mind's quiet and that's the time you can hear easier sometimes. Amen. So I just checked down in my spirit. And when I looked down in my spirit, I said, what is that, Lord? There's something down there that's not right. He said, It's your wrong fellowship with people who are preaching prosperity out of a wrong motive. Prosperity's right, right? Come on now, we preach it. Your pastor has. I hear he's got a good book on it. We preach prosperity. You you don't. You've never met a pastor that believes in prosperity is more than I do, man. (laughs) But I'm saying the motive has to be purified. The motive has to be purified. And he said, he said some of the things that that uh, you've been fellowshipping with uh, is not right in the motive. And so once again, I judged myself, broke that fellowship off. Y'all still happy that you came this morning? (laughs) Hallelujah. I want to be right. Anybody want to be right? I want the best God has for me. Praise the Lord. And, uh, And so these things have to be addressed. Jesus, don't think because you hear a wrong voice that something's wrong. Jesus heard a wrong voice in in Luke chapter number 4. It's not what you hear. Jesus said in John chapter number 10, verse 4 and 5, he said, the voice of strangers you won't follow. He didn't say you won't hear it. He's saying you won't follow it. I'm his sheep. I only follow his voice, right? Praise the Lord. So... um, uh, you you got to know that the, the uh, Spirit of God within you will teach you these things. 1 John 2, 27, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Of course, unless somebody's preaching on another one that I have revelation of, then that's my favorite verse. But, but 1 John 2, 27, one of my favorite verses, the anointing that you have received of him abides in you. He's not talking about preachers having something on them. Thank God for preachers having an anointing on them. But here's every believer has an anointing abiding in them. That anointing lives in you, abides in you, and the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. Just like he's taught you, you'll abide in him. That anointing is in there to let you know what you're hearing. Is it right or is it not? Amen. It'll let you know. That anointing, the, the witness of the Spirit on the inside will let you know. Something's something. And, and don't, don't say, I don't know what it is, so I'll keep listening. No, when you know something just isn't right, you just say, okay, I, I don't, I, and, and just just. Follow in here. Learn to not just listen to words being said, but listen to your spirit when that's being said. Amen. 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 Jesus recognized those wrong words in Luke 4, and he always brought the misuse of the word back out of the error. Because Satan said to Jesus, it is written. You know, because you know, many said, cast yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. It's written that the angels of God will bear thee up at the same time you dash it. That's, that's a verse. That's the Old Testament verse, Psalm 91, right? But, but Jesus said, it is also written. Yeah. There are things that are being said. Well, that's true, but <clears throat> this over here is true too. That's right. <clears throat> Amen. 
And so Jesus always brought the misuse of the word back to the accuracy of the whole counsel of God's word. Amen. And so if you take in a wrong spirit because you accept the wrong words, then you will start hearing that spirit talk to you more. The Lord said to me one time, sometimes people are speaking things that they think it's God that because they're, what they're saying is God, but it's not God, the Holy Ghost saying, to, saying that to them. It is the wrong fellowship they're in speaking that to them, and they're speaking out of the wrong fellowship. Yes. Praise the Lord. So are you glad you came to church this morning? Yes. Don't overstep the spirit on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Ghost is in there to do, to guide you and teach you. And so, uh, and don't say, listen to me, don't say, I'm, I'm wrapping this up, but don't say, but pastor, I'm just so hungry. Hunger doesn't, just because you're hungry, doesn't qualify everything that, that is available as food, you know, qualify as a good diet for you. You could be out somewhere where there's hardly anything to eat and you come across a poisonous bug. And you think, man, I'm so hungry, i got to eat that bug. Well, it could kill you. I heard a story recently of some teenagers daring one another to eat this one particular bug. They didn't realize how poisonous it was. But one of them took the dare and bit it and became brain dead and is paralyzed until this very day. Uh, that's the way some spiritual things are. It can, take, it can have a wrong effect on your spiritual life. Are you still glad you came? Praise the Lord. So just because you're hungry doesn't mean you should be indiscriminate on what you eat. Your pastors have a, have a bookstore back here, I think. There's a whole bunch of food back there for you besides what they're preaching here, right? Once you're done with that, then maybe you can find out some, some, some places to eat other things. Amen, Pastor Jay. Woo! Get your hanky out. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Hallelujah. Not everything's qualified as food just because you're hungry. Hallelujah. Not everybody that's speaking is the wrong spirit. You understand. I endeavored to lay that foundation at the beginning so you wouldn't take all this wrong. But yet, right on the other hand, there are some things that are this way. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the word. Praise the Lord. Who is your main feeder? Establish that in your life. And then find out who they feed on. And then, and then emphasize that. And you'll be safe. Praise the Lord. Would you stand up with me? Hallelujah. Just because somebody sent you something as a link on YouTube or whatever doesn't mean it's a diet for you to eat of. Amen. They're not directing your diet. I'll say that again. Somebody that sends you a link on YouTube is not supposed to be directing your diet. You find out what your pastor is preaching, and that directs your diet. And down in here, I have people send me books all the time. And uh, they, they, they want me to read certain things. And a lot of them just go in file 13. You know where that is? <laughs> That's the, called the trash can. Because I don't want to contaminate my feeding with that. I'm going to say this. In Texas, I think you can understand. You eat the wrong things, and you'll run at both ends. Now, I'm just a good country boy. I can, I can understand that. I trust you can understand that. But, 
but, but see, people, people wonder why they're not stable, why they're never quite spiritually healthy, why their faith isn't working, and why they just seem to be spiritually ill all the time. Can't keep any food down, confused. Well, it's because of confused diet. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm telling you, they're going to give me a huge offering today, man. They just look, I love this guy, man. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. There's, there's things that if you start listening to it, it'll, take, it'll rob you of clarity spiritually. What one time was very simple and easy to understand, now it's just, it's just fuzzy. It's, it's like question, you, you always have questions. Paul said to Timothy, don't minister on things that minister doubtful questions. Here, you don't leave here with a lot of questions. You, hear a lot, you leave here with a lot of answers. Amen. And you don't leave here with a question mark over your head. You, you leave here with an exclamation point over your head. You, you're bold with what you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's a safe place for you. That's a good place for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we're grateful for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. Father, we judge ourselves. We look to our own lives. We examine ourselves in the light of what we heard. We thank you, Father God, for the utterance of the word. We thank you, Father, for the, the ears to hear it. And we thank you, Father God, for the results as we walk in the light of it. We thank you, Father God, that we're coming up spiritually. We're coming up, coming up in faith, coming up in clarity and, and walking with you. Clarity in our spirits. No more confusion. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we, we thank you for answers, even whenever it doesn't complement our flesh or strokes our feathers the wrong way. Father, we thank you for answers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. How many of you know someone who loves you will, somebody who loves you will uh, say the truth to you in love, even if it's kind of frank, Right? Even though it's kind of frank, they'll say the truth to you in love because they're more interested in your well-being and your spiritual safety than they are, you know, you, you being in their church. Amen? And I just, I, just, I just know that's your pastors are like that, right? Hallelujah. Father, we lift our hands in gratitude. Father God, we thank you for answers in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands up and thank him. Anything that he's dealing with you about right now, right now as the light came, now's the time to make the adjustment. Now's the time. Just make that consecration before the Lord. Father God, I know what you're dealing with my spirit about. I know what voices I'm to be listening to. I know which ones to cut off. I make that adjustment right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you know whenever God deals with you about something in your spirit, you can't look around and say, well, they listen to that or they listen to that. How many of you know you and I won't stand before the Lord and, and give an account for them. You and I will stand before the Lord and give an account for ourselves. Amen. The devil wants to contaminate your hearing so he can contaminate what you're saying and spreading in the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. 
What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.